there, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast, episode 69. No, this is not... Last time was 69. Oh, man, it's over? This is episode 70. Oh, man. Oh, I'm Jahan Anand, the board game guru and game master extraordinaire. It's me, Casualty CDG, and since I was told it was episode 69, I came butt naked, and there's no way of taking that back. Take it away, Drew! Oh boy. I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the funhouse, Drew Munhausen. Sorry to disappoint, but this is episode 70 of Fresh Out the Podcast. Well, there's just no way of putting my clothes back on now. You good, Drew? You ready? You don't, got... you, don't you usually record naked anyway, Gary? I, I thought this isn't this just the norm. So I usually record naked from the bottom down because I'm actually I've been a big fan of Winnie the Pooh since I was a kid. So they always <laughs> said, you know, dress the part. So I dress like my hero. No pants, no underwear, no bottoms. No bother. <laughs> but you good, Drew? You got you got your Red Bull over there, Drew? I do. I so, do. It's a sugar-free Red Bull. So that your old ass can stay up past 10? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. That was going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, there's no shame there. No, this is... Oh, it past is 10, past gotta my get bedtime. So I don't mean to get into a dick-swinging contest of whose drink is better, but what are you drinking, John? What do you have over there? I have this water. Well, yeah, you guys both suck. You see, what I've got over here is a chocolate milk tea. So we oh, made tea with milk okay, and then okay. put some chocolate milk in there to cool Gary it. Gary wins this round of, what are you drinking? Yeah, so, not, like I said, I didn't want to dick swing drinks, but I got a big dick drink. That's all I'm saying. That's a big, that's a big drink, dick drink, I yeah. Could drink a, I could drink a, this is a big drink of dick. You know, I had... Uh... The, the plan for this episode was that we were doing our top fives of the year um, for movies, TV, and games, but now I feel like maybe we should just do top five drinks. Is that oh, a yeah. thing? Oh, that's easy. Yeah. But I win, and then uh, Drew came in second, and Jahan's in third. Top five drinks in this order. I'm going to go Coke Zero, Pepsi, Milkus, then coffee, and then number one's going to be root beer. Boom. I don't, want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. Can we not do this? Those were all gross. Water might be my number one, which that's really boring. It's okay. Your number water. two is probably room no, temperature. No, I don't. Milk. I don't want to do this anymore. You guys are the worst. You named no, I'm gross actually... stuff, and he said water. What the? I'm not a fan of. I? I'm not a fan of drinking milk. I put milk in my cereal. That's about it. I don't even drink it after I ate the cereal. I don't like. I don't like to drink milk. Okay, that's what? the other option. What? Did not like it. What? You don't drink the milk after you eat the stuff to cereal? No. What do you do with all that sweet milk? That's all sugary and tasty. Don't pour you it down it the out. drain. No! He, pour right down the he drain. pours it straight down the oh! drain while staring no! at a picture of a starving no! child. No, you do not. And he goes, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why are you like this? It's, <gasps> it's, it's true. Oh, my God. You know, and when I talk to my therapist and I'm like, look, I feel like I'm the sane one living in an insane world. And then you say stuff like that. And that doesn't help your case. You insane person dumping sweet milk down the sink drinking water all the time what kind of crazy pills are you on the, oh. the amount of gallons of 
of cinnamon sugar milk, you know, post a no. bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. No. The amount of gallons of milk of of that that I've no. put down the drain is is uh, <laughs> definitely something to be ashamed of. Uh, <laughs> Drew throwing out that cinnamon milk. It's like the best part is the milk with the cinnamon sugar. Uh, I don't drink milk. I don't, I don't drink milk. <laughs> Drew, you're the worst. That's it. That's and all I got. I, I will put milk in my I coffee. Am. Put it in my coffee. I hate all of that. Yeah, the fact that you're taller than me means that parents are fucking liars. That's... I don't want to <laughs> drink, drink all of my anymore. milk. This is not a drink podcast, and this is the reason why. I would have I would have ended this podcast long ago. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, I'm very happy boss. with what's happened no, so far. No, no, no. Yeah. I will start things in the right direction. We, this is not the way things are supposed to go. The two of you need to knock off all this drink nonsense. Let's talk about our top five favorite movies of the year. Hey, is your ear coming to an end? Well, let's take a look at it. Let's just, take a look. Just it's look at 20, it. 23 now, so you're going to wonder what's the best from 22, and I'm going to give it to you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're going to start with movies, and I realized today, and I, I know this, and everyone knows this about me, uh, I'm kind of a video game guy, and when I was reflecting on the movies that I went and saw this year, and the movies that came out this year, I was pretty dumbfounded and stumped by how unimpressive I felt at the end of the year. Uh, so instead of picking favorites, uh, I've decided to just trim this down for you guys. Black Panther and Multiverse of Madness were both like, meh. He's like, meh, eh. It's hide from meh. But Namor, the bad guy from Black Panther, as well as Gore, the bad guy from Multiverse of Madness, were both completely <laughs> awesome. Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Oh, that's right. Gore Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Gore from Love and Thunder. Totally awesome. Awesome bad guys this year and some pretty meh movies on the Marvel front. Uh, and those are really the only ones I got out to see. I guess I'm still sort of in COVID mode. Uh, and then we saw Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> and it's like it's like I knew it was going to be bad, and I don't know why I saw it. But then it was bad. Hey, want to uh, see a movie about dinosaurs? Too bad! This one's about grasshoppers! <laughs> you piece of shit! About, this one's about putting your hand up and having an imaginary force field that can stop anything coming at you. Just put your hand up. You're totally fine. No, the, the Dominion was so bad that it made Jurassic Park 2 and 3 seem totally relevant and watchable again. And in order to be so bad that you put those movies back on the map is impressive. I'm not going to go on a tangent, but I will argue for the goodness of Lost World. I like that movie. Um, so I think this year is a big miss on movies. So I asked Drew to let me start this one off just so I could pass it to him uh, so he could he could right my wrongs. Uh, what I saw this year really wasn't worth seeing. I really wouldn't have sent you to the to the theater. Hey, I will say, <laughs> I feel bad because all the theatrical releases that Gary saw were pretty much the ones that I forced him to see for this show <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of discussion. And and as he said, a lot of those weren't. Some were okay, you know, like the Marvel movies were fine, but nothing to be that excited about, in my opinion. Spoiler alert, no Marvel movie made my top five or honorable mentions. A DC movie I did make my honorable mention, because um, the Batman is on my honorable mentions for best movies of the year. So, 
worth worth noting. That's an episode we did an episode on this year. But I almost forget that that movie came out in 2022. Like the Batman seems so long ago. My 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 list. I it was written by a 12 year old. I think. (laughs) (laughs) I also I feel your homework. I feel similar to Gary. I was not thrilled with the theatrical. I wasn't thrilled with movies this year. It just it wasn't. You know, every now and again, there's uh, a year that it's just not that great. Uh, and then there are years that is back-to-back goodness. Uh, I didn't feel like this was that year. But there were definitely some good movies that I really enjoyed. So, here's And what you're saying, Jahan, like, I could literally just go on for hours about just the state of cinema and the state of movies. Because yeah. I actually think that a lot of the prestige awards type movies that are have come out this year so far have been really really good and i think have been better this year than in many years past however those types of movies are the ones that are not making any money at the box office at all you know i hope that people can discover them on streamers but yeah i mean they uh, there's a few on my list that were you know, barely made any money at the box office or, you know, we're almost pretty much bombs, but all of mine, I think made quite a bit. (laughs) We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, I do. Do you mind if I throw out, um, a bunch of honorable mentions? Good. So these are all honorable mentions. These, depending on what type of mood I was in, uh, you know, the mood I was in today resulted in the top five that I have. This is our in memoriam list because these these ones didn't make the list, so these movies are oh, dead. Oh man, Jason, these are the dead, any, dead Jason David Frank gets an in memoriam this year. Any any other day, one of these movies could have been at least in the number five spot. But these, as of today, these are honorable mentions. I have everything, everywhere, all at once. The Northman, Bodies, 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 Barbarian, The Batman, The Menu. And Avatar The Way of Water. Those are all honorable mentions so for me. I haven't seen your personally. lists yet, but based on that list, I would add Bullet Train to that list for myself personally. You know what? I actually haven't seen Bullet Train yet. That is one I've missed so far. See, I Bullet Train just fits right in there. Maybe right at the top. Right with everything, everywhere, all at once, honestly. I haven't seen everything, everywhere, all at once, but I know that if I had, it would have been on my list. So... I think well, those movies are equally as actiony, entertaining, and fun and cool. I also really want to see bodies, bodies, bodies. But yeah, but I will. I'll go ahead and uh, jump into my number five, yeah. which at the time that we are recording this, this movie is not available on Netflix yet. But it will be available on Netflix the weekend of Christmas and. Uh, will be available on Netflix at the time that this episode releases in podcast feeds. And that is Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. So this is the the Knives Out sequel. Um, I did go out of my way to catch this one in theaters uh, the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, I wanted to check it out and... I'm really glad I did. I got to see this in like a packed theater, which was awesome. And it's a shame that Netflix won't 
release it wide for a longer period of time. But this will be streaming. I'm sure that this is going to do really well amongst families and everyone during the holiday weekend. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was hilarious. I liked the first Knives Out a lot. I think that there were a lot of people that rated the first Knives Out on their top tens of the year when that one came out. I liked it a lot, but I was a little bit more lukewarm on it than others. I thought Glass Onion was the far superior movie, which is interesting because I think the critic reception of it is mixed, mostly positive, but I feel like most are still on board with the first one. But I thought Glass Onion was hilarious, a way funnier cast, just crazier characters on an island setting. Um, Daniel Craig is wonderful doing doing his thing as uh, Benoit Blanc, the the detective, <laughs> and you know you got Dave Bautista here and Edward Norton and Kate Hudson and uh, Catherine Hahn and just a whole bunch of of great people and yeah I I loved it Glass Onion and Ives Out Mystery great whodunit great comedy some fun twists just just a great great time at the movies for sure. My number five is a Marvel movie. Uh, I really enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, Gore, the God Butcher, was fantastic. A villain performance uh, like no other. It was it was top, top notch. And I loved it. Uh, number five. But we've already talked about it on the show a lot. You know, the stuff with Natalie Portman uh, coming back. And, you know, having having the sickness and, you know, the sad stuff and the happy stuff and the children being thrown into the cage of nightmares. Uh, all highlights, all good stuff. And I really enjoyed how this ended and the last scene with that last battle with Thor the girl and good things. Interesting. I knew that you were higher on Thor Love and Thunder than the rest of us were. I did not realize you had it in... In top five territory. To be so. fair, I don't. It's it's a, it's not a high bar this year. I don't. I didn't watch a lot of new movies this year. You know, I did watch. I mean, I watch movies, but I'm a rewatcher, and yeah, this is one of the few I, new movies. I will say on a tangent here. I was on a cruise just a couple weeks ago, and. Uh, on Royal Caribbean and they do on the top deck like the pool deck of the boat in the evenings sometimes they will show movies out nice. there and one evening I was sitting out there and they were playing Thor Love and Thunder I was not actively watching it or anything but I could hear it on occasion or catch bits of it and my note is that I still find the goats to be incredibly annoying I could hear them as I was sitting there on occasion and I, every time I'd go Ugh. yeah so I think uh, I saw a meme today that was Taika Waititi. And it was like, this is the guy who saved Thor and made the best Thor movie and then turned around and ruined Thor and made the worst Thor movie and <laughs> shown the door. <laughs> That's, uh, that made me laugh. I, you know, I certainly don't think it's the worst one, but I think it did suffer from... The Waititi, yeah. White yeah, I think it suffered from I agree. Taika Waititi. The Korg yeah. stuff is a little TMT, much... too much Taika. Too much Taika. Man, that sucks, but just, you know, if you could just stop being you so much and, you know, be not you, because really <laughs> <laughs> he's he's something else. Uh, but yeah. I love Taika Waititi, but yeah, I think that 
I think that was the only problem with the movie. I think it could have been better. It just suffered from a little TMT. Sure. It just, it, I just feel like it didn't bother me as much, and that's why I like the movie a lot more. Um, I'm going to jump into my number four. Number four. My number four is Tar. Um, Tar is directed by Todd Field and stars Kate mm. Blanchett and... That's She's probably going to win the Oscar for this movie. Sand. It's hers to lose. And this movie, I've, I talked about it on the show a few weeks ago. I really liked it, and I've only grown fonder of it. And I think it's just one of the most unique movies that I've seen this year. By far one of the best performances in a movie I've seen this year with Kate Blanchett. Um, yeah, I, I this movie has just aged well in my mind, and I think it's going to be a big contender in the oscar race and yeah just tar. with me tar t-a-r t-a-r yes. is it it's about course... smoking the la brea tar pits or roofing None it is those. about lydia tar and she is a conductor or centaurs a movie uh, tar <laughs> is actually the prequel to zan uh in which she will play jane and they go to the jungles of africa and meet the titular character tarzan uh, oh, this boy. was just a prequel to sort of set you up in motion and oh, kind of know what the background's boy. all about. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Number God, four. you're number four. <laughs> My number four, I don't think showed in theaters. Uh, it was a Hulu movie, and it was Prey. Ooh, good movie. Ooh, that Prey. would be my honorable mentions. That's I liked a Prey a lot. Prey was fantastic. Good. Like, when you're told Hulu's making a Predator movie, you don't think that movie's going to be fantastic. You think, I'll watch it. It'll be entertaining. This movie is fantastic. This is a dope-ass movie. The action was fantastic. The Predator sequences were great. Uh, the, the main character, the actress, was fantastic. Uh, they did a great job with their native representation, and it was it was a hit. It was a hit, and you didn't have to leave your house. You could just plop on the couch and experience one of the, what in my opinion, one of the top five best movies of the year. Here, here, Prey was killer. Great but, pick, uh, <laughs> great pick. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, number, number three. Number, number three. I won't go into too much details. This is a, a true nuff said pick. Going Top Gun Maverick for number <laughs> three. My list. Ooh. Love it, love it. Still Honestly, love it. I one saw it. One of the best it. movies of the year. I saw it. I've never seen the original, but they they were watching it at my girlfriend's house, and I so I watched it. Uh, not not bad. I it was it was entertaining. It was definitely entertaining. the The plane sequences are dope. Uh, and then that the 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 part after the plane sequence was actually like kind of really funny. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. It was it was not bad. It was not a bad movie. The real popcorn movie. Uh, my number three. I also number won't. Three. I also won't get too into it because we just did a whole episode about this one. Uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Great movie. Uh, touching tributes to Chadwick Boseman and great character development. Great character introductions. A really good movie with a a really diverse cast, and it was fantastic. I loved it. Perfect. Number two. Number two. 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 Movies of the year. My number two 
my number two is the Banshees of Inisherin. Um, the new Martin McDonough movie with Colin Farrell and Brendan Brandon Gleeson. Um, it is now available on HBO Max. It's streaming. I highly recommend um, everyone go see it. I think that uh, it's just aged so well. I got to see this in, in fantastic at Fantastic Fest back in September, and it's just one of my favorite movies of the year. It's great. It's probably the best thing I've seen Colin Farrell do. I love Brendan Gleeson. You know, this is them reuniting with Martin McDonough, for, uh, who did In Bruges back in two thousand eight. Just all around great movie that deals with a lot of emotions and depression and things like that. Uh, and I think that it is worth people watching. Um, it's about a guy who decides that he doesn't want to be friends anymore with his best friend of a long time. And it goes from there. Great movie. Interesting. Great, great movie. I was just assuming it was two hours of a screaming banshee that would just make your ears bleed as you stare at the screen with no cuts. It is definitely not that, so thankfully. Yeah, that sounds better than what I thought. <laughs> if you watch it, you'll die! My number two... Your brain will melt. Uh, not... My number two is very different. My number two is Bullet Train. Uh, Bullet Train, I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. It was fantastic. Uh, Brad Pitt kills it. Really, really funny performance by him. Um, just, there's... It, it's... It's this big ensemble cast. Some people come in and are out, and then like like that. Like they'll do a whole. They did a whole character introduction at one point. They did his whole story. He. It was crazy, man. It. They really get him in, get him out, get the story out there, let you see it. It's an interesting movie. It's a unique movie. I loved it. I love the characters. I recommend watching it. It is a fun family night movie. Depending on if you got like small kids, maybe not. But like if you have like older kids, they could probably deal with it. I don't remember how much swearing's in it because I don't notice swearing. The violence is great though, and I really like that movie. You should definitely check it out. Um, I've seen Bullet Train. I like Bullet Train. It did not make my top five of the year. I just thought this was not a great year for movies, as I stated. But Bullet Train was fun. Uh, it kind of reminded me of, like, Transporter or uh, that other Jason Statham one where he has the battery in him. Volt Crank. Voltage. Crank. Crank. It's kind of got a, almost that kind of campy, fun, action, silly type of vibe. Uh, the character introductions, you know, like the, like a title pops up that says their name, boom, up on the screen, like a comic book almost. Uh, so it's fun and colorful, and it's really a good time. Um, it's, I'm not sure it's good, but it's it's a thing that you could like. Um, Brad Pitt's character is really funny. He seems to be cursed with an unlucky streak, and uh, the the plot is everybody on the train is a hitman. But Brad Pitt is just the unluckiest hitman to ever be alive. And when it cuts back to really his funny. stories, his stories and his flashbacks are always really funny because you think maybe he was a hero one time and he did a thing, but it was always some unlucky shit that landed him in some shitty situation every single time. Uh, so there, there's some really endearing parts in that movie that are just plain fun. I do like Bullet Train. Uh, yeah, check it out, Drew. You haven't seen it yet? Yeah. But hey, ironically, I bought the 4K Blu-ray 
and I just haven't watched it. And I know it's on Netflix now anyway, but yeah, yeah. I own it and haven't even watched it. Well, if you watch the Blu-ray, you're not going to get a whole lot out of it. You're going to have to take it out of the case and then put it in your Blu-ray player and then make it play on your TV. And then that's how you're really going to get the most out of the, out of the Unless book. you like wing it down the stairs, in which case at least it'll move a little short-lived fun. I agree with Gary. Drew. I'm giving both of you a very hateful look, but I appreciate this joke, at least. Uh, <laughs> Whenever you throw it down the stairs like that, that's what they call a quick short film. Oh, there you go. Yep. It's a short film. <laughs> uh, my number one. One, 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 one. Which is actually a movie I haven't talked about on the podcast yet. Um, my number one is... Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Good pull, good pull. No, my number one is The Fablemans, directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, this is a movie all about Steven Spielberg's life, uh, but it's super cinematic and fun and full of vignettes, and I loved it, man. I loved it. I love The Fablemans. I'm a mark for Steven Spielberg, so that's worth noting, but I just loved every bit of this. Dude knows how to make a movie. He knows how to manipulate and, and tug at your heartstrings and yeah i just thought that this movie was everything that i wanted it to be it unfortunately is not doing too high at the box office it is already on video on demand though and doing well i'm sure it'll be on peacock soon because i believe it's a universal um release but yeah uh the fablemans steven spielberg uh pretty good director if you've heard of him um yeah, I just really liked it. Uh, a great young actor uh, stars. His name is uh, Gabriel LaBelle. Gabriel LaBelle. He's a great young actor who plays the young Steven Spielberg in this. Paul Dano, Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, Judd Hirsch. Just great stuff. Great stuff. Really loved it. It's really, really funny. Uh, Dano's in my number one movie as well. Uh, <laughs> my my number one movie of the year is The Batman oh. Yeah, what? Yeah, I loved it. It was definitely the best movie uh, that I saw this year, for sure. What did you not like the Batman, Gary? No, oh no, I didn't. Oh, I thought no. that was pretty pretty bad in hindsight. Oh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm happy they're doing a sequel. Uh, I I don't want the Joker to be in it, but I think he's gonna be. <laughs> but I thought Paul Dano uh, killed it, man. I thought he absolutely killed it as the Riddler, and uh, what's his face? Batman. Uh, did a good job. Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson, yeah, there you go. He did it backwards. He went from a vampire to a Batman. I think, I think you're supposed to go the other way. But, yeah, that was my number one movie this year. Um, yeah, I liked it. I don't know, we, talk, we did a whole episode about the Batman, so... After yep, hearing your lists, uh, I think maybe the best thing I had seen that I'd forgotten about was Prey, because I was thinking about my my movie theater experience and for, forgotten completely about Prey. Uh, that was a real sleeper. I, I didn't expect it. I didn't ask for it, and it was awesome instead. It, and I stand by the people who say it's better than the original Predator. I think somehow, yeah, this is the first part of a series that's better than the original. Yeah, I love Prey. Um, that'll get us into TV shows and video games. What do you guys want to talk about next? Games or, or shows? I'll leave that to Jahan. Jahan, what are you feeling? <clears throat> TV shows or video games? I think 
let's keep it to watching. I don't know. It seems more natural to me. Let's just walk into shows. Uh, I'll start off with my... Well, I'll start off with an honorable mention. I have an honorable mention show that didn't make my list, but I really enjoyed uh, Stranger Things Season 4. Really good. Really liked it. Uh, they broke it up into two parts, and the wait was kind of killer, man. Uh, I'm really excited for the last season to come out. Uh, David Harbour was great this season. It was a good show. But My honorable mention is going to be Oni which was a Netflix short series little claymation show where Craig Robinson voices the uh, a, a thunder god, a Japanese Oni thunder god, uh, and, and has a half-Oni daughter who's trying to learn how to use her god powers. Uh, it's a seven-episode, maybe six-episode claymation <laughs> what? special. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of never this. Never heard of this. It's, I gotta watch it's, this. It's really good. Uh, it doesn't make my top five, but it, it does an honorable mention for sure. I gotta watch this. Yeah, I watched a lot of shows this year, for sure. Uh, I feel like it was a much hotter year for shows. Shows have been... It's peak television right now. I couldn't even begin to list all the shows I've watched, but I'll start I'll start it off. My number five. Uh, mine was From. Uh, it was... It's a show I talked about on the show. From, from what? It's just From. Uh, F-R-O-M. Right. From... Right, from, from what? Who what? directed it? From, from me who? to you. Uh, but it is a, a really interesting, like, kind of mystery show from the creator of Lost. Uh, I believe it's on Stars? I think it's a star show. But yeah, it is. It stars uh, Harold Pernio, uh, who. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about this. From The it's Matrix. From... Yeah, from Lost. From Lost as well. He's also from Lost. Uh, but yeah, creator of Lost. This show, it's in a town. You can't really leave. Uh, and when the sun goes down, these people come out of the woods and smile at you. And if you don't run, they'll fucking kill you. <laughs> and by kill you, I mean like brutal, savage, rip you to shreds. Really messed up stuff. Um, and so it's about these people living in this town trying to survive the night. Uh, and it, it goes back in time. Sometimes it shows when, uh, the new, the leader of the town got there to like change things. And it's a really interesting mystery kind of show. I still don't know what's going on. It's only been one season, so there hasn't been too many reveals. Very, very cool. Some pretty creepy moments. Uh, they do a lot of like the, the. The creatures look like people, but it's very uncanny valley. Like, the way they look at you is kind of, like, it chills you to your bone. I really like this show. I binged it all, like, one go. From is my number five show this year. Is it me? Yeah, you can go. Me or is it Gary? Me? Um, I'll throw out just really quick two honorable mentions that I had. Um... Winning time, the yeah. the HBO series about the the Lakers in the eighties. That is um that's gonna be an honorable mention for me. Didn't did not make the cut, but I really did like that show a whole lot. And also um The Rings of Power is not making my top five, but I did want to shout it out here because I invested the time, I got some positives out of it, but it's just not making my top five. Um, my also number five. Did not make my top five. Interestingly enough, 
Interesting, John. I kind of assumed it would make your list. I liked it a lot, but there are a lot of problems with it, and they're doing a bunch of recasts, and I hate that. I hate it. Don't don't. Well, my my number five is Hex, which is a a show that I've talked about on here before. This is the comedy starring Gene Smart that is on HBO. And uh, yeah, I've talked about this show at length before. This is when I caught up on the first season this year, just in time for, for the second season, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And I think it's one of the better half hour comedies on TV. So, or on streaming TV, I should say. So that's Hex. It's my number five. I think that's a great pick. Hex is great. And it's especially a great show for comedy writers. There, there's just something, if you're one of the people who likes industry kind of shows that make you feel like you're a little behind the scenes, uh, that's, that's one of the really good ones. Uh, I, I like those kind of shows like 30 Rock uh, that make you feel like you're part of the crew. Um, my number five, five, five. Our Flag Means Death. Speaking of too much Taika... Uh, Our Flag Means Death is a pirate comedy rom-com that uh, was on HBO Max, partly produced by Taika Waititi, but not directed by him, so it does not suffer from TMT, but he does star as Blackbeard, which is not who I would have cast, but ends up being really funny. Uh, The whole thing is uh, the story of... um, Sort of a rich gentleman noble from England who gives up his entire life and abandons his family for an adventurous <laughs> life at sea as a pirate captain. And he doesn't know the first thing about being a pirate captain. So he introduces things like the talking stick and quilting to help the crew stay nice and calm and motivated. It's pretty funny. It's, it's, just a, it's just a silly little show. It kind of reminds me of what we do in the shadows a bit and how it's just kind of silly and pointless uh, you know, it's where you have vampires doing things you wouldn't expect vampires to do. This show is very much pirates doing things you wouldn't expect pirates to do. Um, I like the first season. I don't know if the show will hold up, but that is my number five top show of 2022. Our flag means death. Uh, so I guess I bring it. Number four. Uh, number four top shows of the year for me. Mine, I went with Sandman. On Netflix, uh, Sandman on Netflix. It's a beautiful show. Uh, it's very well shot. the 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 effects are great. Yeah, it's very British. It's a very British show. Uh, if you like British television, if you don't, it might it might get to you. But uh, really great stuff. I loved uh, the portrayal of Sandman. I love the places they go. They actually, after the show wrapped, they actually released a couple more episodes later, which was interesting. Uh, and those are really good, too. There's one uh, where he, like, makes someone an immortal, and it's all about him meeting up every, like, hundred years or something with him at a bar. And, like, it's just a really interesting concept. And it's very... I don't know that 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 one in particular is very Gaiman, and I liked it a lot. Uh, what's her name? Christy. Her last name's Christy. Uh, Brienne of Tarth is in this as well. Uh, she's she did Wednesday. Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn Christy. Uh, and she plays Lucifer in this. She's fantastic. Uh, Gina Coleman from Doctor Who fame 
is Joanna Constantine, the gender Ben Constantine, and it's great, and I liked it a lot. It works very well. It's just a good show. I enjoy it. Uh, and I guess Popcorn Drew. <laughs> My number four is actually one that was on Jahan's honorable mentions. I put Stranger Things 4 here on my list. So Stranger Things 4 at number four. Um, again, I had an interesting viewing experience because I came to this later than everybody. I caught up on the second and third seasons where I was behind, so I did a lot of binging. But I just had a great time watching Stranger Things season four. I don't think it's perfect TV by any means, but I just I just had a really good time with it. I have I have fond memories of it. So I'm I'm putting Stranger Things four here on my list. So Stranger I, Things four. I say four. that's completely fair, man. I really liked it. I just had my shows list was very strong. I'm more of a shows guy, and. Stranger Things just missed it, you know. Totally fair. I slide in here with my number four in HBO Max show, Winning Time, uh, about the Lakers dynasty. This one is starring one of my favorites, uh, old ugly face. What's his name? John C. Riley. <laughs> old old his, ugly face. Old John C. Riley with his ugly face. You're not wrong. Uh, yeah, no, he plays he plays Larry Buzz the. Uh, doctor, realtor, sort of uh, extrovert, outgoing owner of the Lakers that turns basketball from a sport into uh, a show, you know, uh, basically what WWE is now, right? You get the fireworks and they introduce the cheerleaders and they would invite all the celebrities to come sit in the front row. So it's about that era of the Lakers um, with Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and from what the basketball stars have said afterwards, it's not entirely accurate. And some of them don't love the ways that they've been portrayed in the show, which makes me think that it might be even more accurate if they don't like the way they're portrayed. Uh, so maybe it's just coloring everybody in sort of a stereotypical light. Um, but it's it's a fun show and it's an interesting show. I recommend Winning Time, especially if you like basketball or sports stuff, uh, you'll like it more. I'm not a big basketball guy. I'm not a big sports guy, but this, uh, all the, the, the way it was filmed, there are a lot of sort of 70s style cuts and the cigarette mark at the corner, like when it's edited together, there are you know, fuzzy screens and stuff to, the, the way the camera shots are done. Sometimes there's words that'll skip in the conversation. Like they're taking a second shot and missed edited the conversation. So there's some really neat things in that that I liked also that made me feel like I was watching a modern 70s documentary where I was sort of a fly on the wall in the room. Uh, definitely recommend Winning Time as my no, 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 number four. Um, good pick. <laughs> yeah, it's a good pick. Uh, my number three, I won't talk about a lot because we talked about it a lot last episode. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday on Netflix. Uh, taking the world by storm right now. Ding, 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 ding. We have a match. Also, oh. Wednesday is my number three. Ding, 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 oh, ding, Oh, snap. Ding. Yeah, me and Gary both. Number three shows of 2022. Wednesday. Uh, check it out on Netflix. It is worth the watch. I didn't think I'd be into it at all. I'm lukewarm on the Addams Family at best. Uh, I liked the Christina Ricci movies, but I, I just didn't think I'd get into this. I didn't think it, it was for me. But I was very cool that, wrong. It was cool that Christina Ritchie was in the show. She well. was. 
Yeah, I was about to ask if she makes a cameo in it. No, she's um, a character. She's a character, yeah. yeah. She's one oh, of the, wow. She's one of the teachers at the school. And, uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, it's it's got a little bit of Hogwarts vibe. So for fans of Harry Potter, there's something for you to get into. Uh, but it's a new school with, like, sort of vampires and werewolves and ghosts and stuff going on. So there's some, you know, new intrigue and new lore to learn. Uh, there's, you know secret spells and secret summoning rituals and there's just all kinds of magic and you know, intrigue in this world it's a, it's a nice it's really uh, i didn't mention I this yesterday but i thought it was really funny uh the comparison i was making when i was watching it i don't know if you guys watched those like scooby scooby doo movies where it was just shaggy uh like shaggy was the the main character of the show and like he had like that really hot girlfriend uh, and like he had to go compete in the race because he was a werewolf. No, there was some wacky. They did some wacky racing stuff in a boat race, uh, which was really funny. And then they also, it was like, he ran a monster school at one point, essentially. So, it just reminded me of those, and it gave me good, good vibes because I really liked those movies growing up. Wednesday number three tie for Gary and Jahan. Drew, what did you put in your number three slot? Oh, tell us what's in your slot. Mm, tell us what's in there, Drew. <laughs> My number three show was Peacemaker, starring John Cena hey. on HBO Max. Peacemaker uh, made my list. A show that I look back fondly on. I actually had a great time watching this show and. It's kind of like when I watched it at the time, I was like, this is pretty good. And in hindsight, it's only gotten better. I, I really enjoyed Peacemaker, and that's why it sits here uh, on my list. I, I liked it. Good show. Well, you know what? I liked it more because it's my number two. Two, two, two. One of my two. favorite shows, like, ever. It was so good. John Cena kills it all the way in this show. Start to finish, this show is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, it's it, it it's like The Tick, but better. And it's mm -hmm. just such a good show. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Not surprised it's in your number three. I put it in my number two. Uh, you put it right in your number right two. Right in my number you, two. Why don't you cram that Peacemaker in your number two, and I'll tell you what my number two is all about. Absolutely. My number two is Game of Dragon Chairs. I'm talking about Game of Thrones, Dragon Styles, the new one with the dragon folks and the dragon towers and all the dragon stuff. Uh, Game of Dragon Chairs, number two for 2022. Uh, I didn't ding, have high expectations ding, for ding, this. Ding, we have... Oh. Another match. Whoa. This is my number two as well. I had House low expectations Dragon. for this. For House of the Dragon, I was super impressed with basically everything they did. I loved the costumes. I loved the sets. I thought the dragons were cool. How are you going to make me care about new characters? Uh, how are you going to do it quickly enough to hook us? They did a great job of sort of advancing us fast forward through these kids' lives and showing us the complex trauma that their parents had together to put them in this awkward position that's going to cause war for years to come. Uh, great opening season. What a slam dunk. Absolutely loved it, especially because my expectations were, maybe I thought this would be in my five or six slot, right? This could have been an honorable mention show, uh, and I it was not. I thought Game of Dragon Chairs was cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I put it in the same spot. I feel about it the same way about it as you do, you know, the conversation I feel before leading into it was, and eh, you know, 
we're all still burned by the last season of Game of Thrones. Do we need this? I kind of started to be a little hyped for it beforehand because I just really started to think that they're doing more Game of Thrones stuff. They're going to make it good. This is their big franchise. I thought House of the Dragon was great. I think it's a feat in storytelling with the amount of the time period that they covered within one season that got up to the point in the story where I think they're really eager to tell more story. And yeah, I, I can't wait, you know, the two years until season two comes out. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. The way that Game of Thrones handled time jumps was one of the reasons that Rings of Power was so hard to watch because Rings of Power almost tried to show you what happened every week or every month or even every day for these characters uh, where where Game of Thrones isn't afraid to jump, you know, eight years into the future and just know that you'll catch up. Yeah, they really uh, they really gonzoed us and got to the good stuff. I appreciate the way that they treat their audience. You know, if you don't get it, then you can watch it again. You know, they, they don't really spell it out for you. And I appreciate that. The, the audience is smarter than you give us credit for. And I like not being treated like I'm dumb. Um, but before we get too far from Peacemaker... That's my number one, boys. Number one is Peacemaker for me. Uh, everything you said, Jahan, about it being like the tick, man, those vibes hit me hard. I love the live action tick. And I think the ensemble cast is what really sticks out to me. When I think back, I remember scenes like Peacemaker falling from the roof, uh, you know, four times and never sticking the landing. Just boom, 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 all the way down, just. Just oh man, worst. that that's that's the scene that was in my head when I said <laughs> John Cena killed every second of this. I was thinking about that scene. He's just the worst hero. He's just an idiot. His dad is such a hilarious, bigoted, hateable villain. And what a great role for the T-1000 to just like come out of nowhere and just be this awful, hateable, white hood bad guy. Uh, <laughs> the The... What's his partner's name? It's not Hitman. It's not Mercenary, right? Uh, the kick-ass, basically. Oh gosh, I'm mad that I'm that it's not coming to me. Vigilante, vigilante, vigilante. Yeah, 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 yeah. vigilante make kind of makes the show. Yeah, I mean, without him, how it, it would be still funny, but just not quite there. I mean, it's just from the entire cast. You need everything working. Yeah. Um, obviously, James Gunn did it right. Uh, he he made. Suicide Squad, and then he made Peacemaker, and then DC said, okay, that's our guy. Um, and I think Peacemaker is the reason for that. Suicide Squad was good, but Peacemaker is just icing on the cake to pull these characters basically out of your ass and make stars out of them. Uh, James Gunn has magic, and Peacemaker has James Gunn magic all over it. He has the a way very that specific think... magic, and it's interesting. It's the way that I think that there can be such thing as too much Taika and that it can ruin something. I think we are soon approaching the era of too much gun. And I think that we'll reach an era where the James Gunn stuff is campy and bad and we're used to it. But Peacemaker is probably his hype and like golden baby child of what he's going to create. Uh, time will tell, but I'm really high on Peacemaker. I can't imagine... Uh, judo master you know judo master flicks flaming cheetos into his eyes like come on that judo show is, just... is hilarious all right every part I'll of stop. that show is hilarious no yeah i could talk about peacemaker for it was yeah, almost my number one but when i watched it last year when i watched it in january i made a mental note that this is the best superhero thing to come out this year and i thought it was funny because it was january 
But I made a mental note because I that was my comparison. What else comes out this year? And everything else, Thor and Black Panther and Doctor Strange, they all pale in comparison to Peacemaker. It was just such a joy to watch. It, it was, was so, so fun. The story was interesting. It's just... I'm, if I'm you in. haven't I'm so seen in. Peacemaker yet, you're missing out. Best number one, one of the show. best things that came out all year for sure. It was almost my number one, but it lost out. Like I had, I actually had a lot of trouble with this. Uh, this the end of this list. Uh, my number one was House of the Dragon. So boom, I I liked House of the Dragon just a little bit more. I guess I don't know. It's hard to say because Peacemaker really was one of the best shows of the year. Just period. Interesting uh, to note, they are both HBO shows. Both HBO shows. HBO got my two top slots, then Netflix got the next two, and then Stars. Weird. But yeah, um, House of the Dragon, killed it, loved it. Wasn't expecting much. Just like you guys, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, the action was crazy. The dragons were good. Uh, I loved Matt Smith. I loved all the characters. I loved everything. It was great. It was my favorite show this year. Uh, the fact that we have to wait two years hurts. Like I'm, I really want it, but as long as they make it good, I, I trust the process. My number one is the white Lotus. Um, ah. the second season actually just wrapped up, um, a couple weeks ago and yeah, I, I loved it. I, you know, I watched the first season and I liked it a lot. It actually was on my top five list last year, but not at number one. But I liked the first season. You know, it kind of presents this murder mystery at, like in an, in an abstract way. And that's kind of what motivated me to get through the first season as I wanted to know the result of the mystery. And the characters were interesting and there were a lot of interesting themes um, the second season takes all of that and just goes bigger and better. And the characters were so good that while while you want to know the, the result of the murder mystery that's behind it all, I think the characters keep you interested in the show regardless. And I just thought the second season expanded on everything the first season did and was was better. You know, first, The first season is really, uh, you know, is, is a lot about money. And the second season is way more sexually charged. So interesting, a lot of interesting drama shot really well, uh, well acted. I just, I, I loved it. I, I house of the dragon wrapped up and then the next week, the, the white Lotus premiered. So I've literally spent the last 16 or 17 weeks on, you know, Sunday nights watching HBO. So, so that's HBO, good stuff. HBO, again, for your top two slots, I think. And it's got f actually four out of five of my slots were HBO shows. And Actually, that's the same for me. Hacks, Peacemaker, House of the Dragon, The White Lotus are all HBO or HBO Max. Stranger Things was the only one that made my list that was a Netflix show. I got so, two yeah. Netflix, two HBO, and then one stars, weird enough. Yours is, yours is nice and spread out. I like that yours is spread out, but... Uh, I guess my taste speaks to if you can only afford one this year by HBO. HBO's, <laughs> HBO does kill it. They made some questionable decisions lately, and the Warner Brothers upheaval is upsetting. But they're still definitely top tier uh, streaming service. I would agree. Uh, who has well, the better dance, Gary? Uh, oh. Wednesday or Peacemaker? Probably Peacemaker. <laughs> the Peacemaker dance is pretty good. 
Yeah, probably Peacemaker. And I think, you know, here's a here's a good point. Here's a here's too much James Gunn already. They that Peacemaker dance, remember how good, like how viral they wanted it to be? Like yeah. they wanted it to just catch on and be everywhere and instead it was just pretty funny, but that's it. Yeah. That's that's to me, that's gonna be the the signal of too much James Gunn is trying to force fun. Uh, I thought the musical dance intro for Peacemaker is really funny, but that should have been like, you know, uh, 20 seconds, maybe, not <laughs> not a minute and a half. I I appreciate the full minute and a half. I do like the the Wednesday dance is much more viral, though. Uh, oh, yeah, Drew, but I also actually just finished with the first season of White Lotus. I liked it. Good. The second season, I feel like, is even better. We've talked about movies. We've talked about shows. Uh, the only other thing that the three of us have in common, other than knowing the English language, is that we all play video games. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about our top five video games of 2022. Which which actually I did, when I messaged about this, we were talking pre-show, I did say it could be video games or board games. And I'm just curious, Jahan, did you put I did, any I just board games I your... just kept it to video games. Okay, just curious. Okay, so then, yeah, it's top five video games. Never mind. Take Remove that note. I'm not editing it out. <laughs> just uh, pretend you didn't hear it. Just pretend you didn't hear it. So before we get started, I have an honorable mention. Go for it. That was an absolute letdown, colossal, grade Ooh. A, poop-ass piece of crap that is so bad. I know what it, it bears, is. It bears mentioning. Saints Row! Uh, it is the reboot of Saints Row. Jahan was lucky enough to get a refund uh, I let Volition keep my money because I like the things that Volition has done historically. But my God, is Saints Row just bad? It's poop on a plate. Yeah, they told just, you to eat it. It's just every part of it. Every graphic, every single gameplay story, every part of it. Every part of it. Every single person in every single division. From the executives down to like the building's janitor should feel bad about their contribution to that project. I did not like Saintro at all. So that's my honorable mention. Um, One out of ten, absolute <laughs> poop ass. Saints I Row. got a refund. That's my review of it. I asked for my money back. So and Yikes. I was given my money back. If that's an even better indictment of how it goes. Uh Really love the series, but yeah, that one let me down. I have some honorable mentions. Uh, really just quick, uh, Marvel Snap didn't quite make my top five, but I've been loving it. have to mention it. And then uh, also, they just ported Spider-Man to the PC. I finally got to play it. All you PlayStation hey. people, I know that you had gotten to do it. This was my first time. I beat it. I loved it. Loved every second of it. It's a really good yeah. honorable mention. I like that. Your heart's in the right place on that one. That's a good Thanks. honorable mention. That's a great game that's already been out that just came to PC. Hey, good call. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you put it in your honorable mention. If you'd put it in your top five, I maybe would have argued with you that it wasn't a 2022 game, even though I even know it though just it came to PC yeah. this year, Beautiful. you know. Beautiful so I, I'll, I'll allow it. That was kind of my thinking. Right. Uh, I'll I'll kick it off with my number five. Number five, five, five of my top games of this year. Uh, free on Game Pass and free on all mobile devices now. Vampiric Survivor. Uh, that game is crack. It is. I've a- heard th- this game ever since you 
you mentioned it to us a while back, and I know this game's gone super viral. Like super it's been viral. getting been on best of the year lists. People love this game. Man. It's fantastic. I love it. I was playing the crap out of it last night. Uh, there are so many unlocks. They actually just released a two dollar DLC that has new maps, characters, weapons, all that good stuff. Uh, but essentially, if you don't know about it, it is free on Game Pass, or you can pull out your phone right now, download Vampiric Survivor for free. The full game on your phone. Uh, so it is a retro game. Uh, it's a top-down. It's kind of a, a, it's a twin-stick shooter, but you don't get to choose when you shoot. Uh, the weapons just automatically go off periodically. Like, if you pick the dagger, you throw a dagger in front of you, whichever way you're looking, every few seconds. Uh, and all the weapons work like that, and you just... You level up by killing the monsters that are just swarming you nonstop on this just ever-expansive, never-ending map. And you see, see how long you can survive. Uh, I think my record is like 25 minutes. Uh, and Progress transfer if I play it on my mobile device and on my Xbox, I don't, will the progress keep? I don't know about that. Maybe. Because I was surprised when I put it on my, when I put it on my Xbox, my progress for my PC was there. Uh, and I didn't even have to do anything. It just knew uh, an so automatic transfer. I would transfer. guess that when you're playing on your phone, you're playing through your iTunes account because those are linked whenever you get a game from the store. And if you're playing like Jahan played on Game Pass, but then played on Xbox also. So those are just linked Game Pass accounts. Yeah. So I would guess the cross progression from your phone to your Xbox is not possible. Okay. But maybe. I don't know. Uh, I was surprised that it worked so well for my PC to my Xbox. But yeah, Gary's right about, you know, Game Pass. Uh, I love this game. It was really fun. I just played the crap out of it last night. And it was a it was a blast, man. You just get to mindlessly kill all these creatures. There's a lot of strategy to how you build what you have, uh, and it is a roguelike in where you do progress as you play more. You unlock more weapons, uh, and you can get upgrades that you start with to make uh, to be able to make it even further. So, very fun. Drew, what's your number five? My number five video game of the year is I kind of surprised myself when I was making my list, but I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to put this here. Number five. Uh, it is Stray. This is a game that is on. Uh, I played this on PlayStation. It was part of the PlayStation Plus expansion. I think that it's going to come to Xbox at some point after it's, you know, exclusivity window on PlayStation. But this is a game where you play as a little kitty cat. And you're in a town full of robot people and you're a little kitty cat and you go around being a little kitty cat and jumping around doing kitty cat stuff. And it's super atmospheric. It's it's a story based game, but you see it through the perspective of a cat. And uh, I love this game. It was it was it's short. It's it's a pretty quick play. I think you could beat it in just a few hours. Um, but I really enjoyed my time with it and it looks really good. That um, so that's sounds my like five. something I would really like. It makes me want to pee all over my pants. I like little kitty cats. Yeah, it's like a post-apocalyptic kind of like, you know, ro where where robots and or AIs take over, but there are still some life forms. And yeah, you're a cat and you kind of explore and progress a story as you interact with robots. It's it's really good. And the cat the cat gameplay is strange and feels very cat-like an appropriate way it's 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 an odd one to put on here but i i really liked this game i heard good things uh i guess that brings it to me yeah what's your number and my five, number buddy? my number five um my number five is a new release 
and I haven't spent a lot of time with it, but I think I've spent enough time for it to make my top five. Uh, in the number five slot is Warhammer Darktide. Um, it's the follow-up to Vermintide and Vermintide 2, then there's Darktide. So it's more swarm killing, objective completion, co-op, hack and slash fun. I've been playing an Ogryn, so I'm this giant muscled beefcake boy with an assortment of bashing and chopping weapons and just tearing through hordes and dismembering people with your friends is a lot of fun. Uh, the higher difficulties, they challenge you in ways similar to Left for Dead, where there are boss monsters. So you bump it up to a higher difficulty and all of a sudden a boss monster will jump out and shoot you with a net and then another boss monster will walk in the room and roast you with a flamethrower and then your teammates are trying to get to you and two boss monsters pin them against walls while they're getting shot with nets and lit on fire. Uh, so the difficulty goes from 0 to 10. Uh, there's a huge learning curve, but I do think Warhammer Darktide is on my number 5 slot for video games this year. It's available on PC. It hasn't made it to consoles yet, but it is free on Game Pass for PC. And will be free on Game Pass when it comes to console. Initially, they had the date listed in November, then they changed it to December, and then they refunded everybody and said, date to be announced. Uh, there has been some pretty choppy PC issues with frame rates and things like that for different people with higher settings, so I'm guessing a lot of that would have been affected on Xbox, and yeah. they decided to delay the release until it was more I haven't more had clear. any of those problems, but yes. I agree. I also I, really uh, enjoy Dark Tide. I'm surprised it's so low on your list. I'm really interested to see what your higher stuff is now. Um, this isn't why it's on my number five slot, but just worth mentioning, my computer has blue screened like three times and each yeah. time it's while I'm playing and it's trying to load the cutscenes. Like whenever it loads a cutscene, it loads you into a different instance and says, go to the so-and-so to watch the scene. Yeah. Uh, but my entire computer crashes when that happens. So that's, gotcha. again, probably why it hasn't released across consoles yet. Yeah. Um, Haven't had a single game... problem yet, but you and Aaron both just so... And Kian even started having some issues too. Well, in like Vermintide, both games, they've built on them and expanded. The longer they're out, the more classes come out, the more bad guys come out, the more levels, the more gear. So it will be the same way for Warhammer. It will be worth revisiting in the future. But the way that Fat Shark builds their games is so that they can be expanded on by listening to what the community has to say. They've done it for many games in a row now. They're continuing to do that. So it doesn't feel like a full game because it isn't, because it's not supposed to be. So yeah. it's a weird thing to complain about, but you can't put it higher up the list until more content comes out. It's fair. Uh, yeah, I, it is worth mentioning that this is not a $60 game. This is a $40 release. Uh, and it is a, a hoot and a half. Uh, I guess my number four, huh? Yep. Yeah, man. My number four for game of, games of the year. My number four game of the year, Cult of the Lamb. This game Ooh. really, really enjoyed it. Uh, my older brother, like I had had my eye on this game for a while, but my older brother played it and was like, "Dude, you got to check this out." And so I, I got it. Uh, you're a lamb, <laughs> uh, who are you're sacrificed to dark gods, uh, because you're the last lamb, and if you're dead, then they can't be used against the dark power. Something like that. Uh, but the the one below all 
kind of like saves you and like inducts you into his cult and gets you to accumulate followers. So it's uh, one part enter the gungeon uh, where it's a twin stick, like roguelike kind of thing where you run around destroying uh, the minions of these other gods and you rescue followers. And then you kind of play animal crossing, except it's like a weird demonic, like, where you can sacrifice your villagers and you can make them eat poop and stuff. Uh, it's kind of funny, but it's a really good time. The, the management parts are fun. Uh, and the roguelike parts are fun. It's, it's a fun game that really came and surprised a lot of people. It was a huge game this year. I love that. Can't wait for DLC. I'm very excited for the DLC. And I played Cult of the Lamb and I liked it. And today when I was looking at my top five list, um, it would have been probably in my eight slot or so, maybe even seven. Um, it didn't quite make my top five, but I can see how it did for you, and I know what you loved about it. And yeah, I mean, it's almost like Hades meets Animal Crossing with an adult dark themed twist. It's kind of funny and and twisted. Yeah, I know it's going to be on my list next year. Fucking Hades too will be on my list next year. But uh, yeah, Call of the Lamb was yeah, it definitely it felt it filled that that void that Hades left. Uh, Where you say it sort of reminds you of Animal Crossing, it almost reminds me of Sonic Adventure Battles when you're like farming the little the little creature guys, uh, the the little chibi creatures. You can feed them different foods <laughs> and you can make them angry with each other or make them happy and you can treat them differently and do different things to to raise their levels and make their stats different. Uh, so it it almost felt like that to me. It is this cool, fun management mini game. It's really if you enjoyable. like Animal Crossing and Sacrilege, check out so, Cult of the <laughs> Lamb. I actually liked the management parts more than the hack and slash stuff. I thought the management parts were really fun. I liked I them a lot. There's uh, lots of stuff to unlock and progress in a lot of different interesting ways. Yeah, one of my favorite parts is that you can, after you beat a boss, it gives you the option to like make them a villager or to kill them. And I love making the villagers. They always look really funny uh, as villagers. and It's a great game. I don't know if Drew had played it, but it's a really good one. Uh, Drew, what's your number four, bud? My number four is Pokemon Arceus, uh, the open world kind of new take on the Pokemon systems that wasn't a perfect game by any means, but I really like all that it tried to do. And uh, yeah, I wanted to include it here as as a new release that I played this year that I, I really enjoyed. And they've I feel like there are some of the things from this game that have made it's way into the, the, the main line, the newest entry, Scarlet and Violet, that came out, but they're not fully there yet. They they're still go mostly by the old school systems, but I really liked Arceus and what it's trying to do, and I think that it's something that can be expanded upon and made even better in the future. But yeah, I wanted to include it here on my list. I really enjoyed my time with it. My number four is what we just talked about, Midnight Suns. Uh, and I wanted to bring up and talk about Midnight Suns. One of the things that I particularly like about it is all of the different character combos. So generally you play as three characters. Occasionally they throw you a fourth or there's a scene where it's two. But the three character combos and being able to mix and match all the different characters with uh, sort of who's designed to be a tank or who's designed to kick people and then who's designed to create pits that those people fall into. Yeah. Uh, using the terrain and tactics to your advantage and having these sort of un unwritten character classes and seeing how far you can stretch the different builds is just an absolute joy for me. 
that's what really draws me into card games is just the replayability. You know, how many different ways can I do this and still win? What am I missing here to make this function at its best process? Um, I love it. Uh, and, and I think Midnight Suns comes in at a four slot for me because for the stuff that I love, uh, it sort of equally has some things that I think slow the game down and slog it down to the point that I wouldn't recommend it to people because of those functions. Uh, because of all the Abbey stuff, I will not recommend this game to Thomas. If it was just the card battles and conversations without all the collecty lore stuff that's so time-consuming, uh, yeah, I think that it, it sort of doesn't lend itself to every gamer. It only lends itself to people willing to put hours and hours and hours into the game because of how many times you need to level and get duplicates yeah. and create and farm and grind. This is not a game for everybody. And that's what brings Midnight Suns into my number four slot of 2022. Number three. My number three, we already talked about. Uh, I really, really enjoy it. Dark Tide. I'm a huge fan of Warhammer. All the lore uh, and all the trimmings. I love the games that they've made. Uh, you know, Games Workshop's been putting out Warhammer games uh, for almost as long as I have been alive, and I have enjoyed many of them. This is definitely no exception to that. Um, I loved Vermintide 2. This is a nice continuation of that. Good four-player co-op. Can't wait to see what else comes out for this one. A lot of fun. My number three is Midnight Suns. Marvel's Midnight Suns. Um, so I ranked this a slot higher than Gary. Uh, if you want to, we spoke about it pretty in depth on our last episodes. Yeah. Just go listen to that there. But yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe it's recency bias, maybe not. But I really enjoyed this game and I put it here at number three. My number three game of 2022 is actually one that I wasn't sure it was going to make the list. And then I gave it a tie. And then I didn't know really where to put it. Um, but Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And I don't buy every Call of Duty. I, I watch some videos before I buy a game. And I try to figure out kind of the pulse on it. Uh, and Modern Warfare 2 looked like it was not going to disappoint. And it hasn't. I've put... Tons and tons of time into this game recently. Uh, I love playing Tier 1, Hardcore, Ranked, Search and Destroy, so we're doing objective squad stuff. Uh, as far as tactical shooters go, where it's one shot, one kill, and you're working with a squad, there's not a better game out. Uh, there's like Rainbow Six Siege kind of dominated that market for years, um, but Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 has taken that spot. Um, absolutely love it. If you're a big fan of shooters, if you like the Call of Duty series, this is another hit. This is not one of their uh, flat-out face-against-the-ground fails. Um, there are just some things I would have liked to have seen. Uh, when you take the name Modern Warfare 2, I figured you would have brought back some of the classic Modern Warfare 2 maps like they did with the first Modern Warfare. They did not do that. Uh, they added some new water combat mechanics that aren't the best thing in the world, but I guess at least they're trying and it's fun. Uh, but the weapons are sort of the same. <clears throat> you know, they haven't come far in the years. It's still SMGs, shotguns, battle rifles, a riot shield that can't be damaged from the front no matter what you do, and the guy's completely invincible. Uh, so there's, there's still, you know, the things you expect from the series. Um, I will say that it has pushed me to actually add people on my friends list again on Xbox Live, which is not a thing that I do because I don't like to play with strangers and I don't like to meet people and I don't like to talk to people. 
Um, but you need to in a squad-based game. You need to communicate. So I had to put it on my list, and I had to put it in a high spot because it's literally forcing me out of my, my social bubble. Uh, and it's hard for a game to do that unless there's something special about the game. Excellent. My number two game of the year. Uh, I'm going to have to slap some Elden Ring down here. Uh, one of the best games I played this year for sure. It is, if you don't like Souls-like games, this isn't going to change anything about that for you. Uh, but this game is a lot of fun. There's a lot of different characters, a lot of different ways to play. You can be a magic guy, you can be a, a sword and shield guy, you can be a two-hander, you can do all kinds of stuff. You ride around on your cool magic goat, or whatever the hell it's supposed to be. Uh, and you fight dragons, and uh, tainted old sleeping gods and 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 corrupted mages and you i don't know the world itself is beautiful uh it's an open world it's one of the best open world games i've ever played for sure hands down no problem definitely uh and it's just it's a very challenging game and it's a very fun game and it can be very rewarding Uh, it can also be very frustrating but it's definitely one of the best games this year Um, it's kind of, I was giggling internally because Gary spoke about, you know, Call of Duty kind of bringing him out of it, the, his social bubble and, and, you know, to play with other people. And my number two and number ones are like definitively single player <laughs> experiences. Um, my number two is Horizon Forbidden West. So this is the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. This is a PlayStation exclusive, um, open world game where you fight big robot dinosaurs. And yeah, I, I loved the first one and I think I liked the second one even more that expanded upon everything, made it better. And I loved it. It's actually interesting because I was playing Arceus when horizon forbidden West came out. Uh, so that is kind of what cut me off from playing Pokemon early in 2022 is when I switched over to forbidden West, but man, it was super fun. So that's my number two game. There is nothing I like more than beating people at games over and over and over and over. And the best way I've been able to do that effectively with my time in 22 is with Marvel Snap. My number two favorite game of 22 is a phone game. And I cannot stress to you guys enough that I don't... I don't play phone games really. I don't really download phone games. Maybe I'll play them for like a week and then totally lose interest, like straight from like 10 to full stop. I'll go from loving a game to hating a game. Marvel Snap, I play for like four hours a day minimum every day and sometimes like an unhealthy amount, sometimes like nine hours a day. I just can't help but play this game and make new decks and play more and make new decks and delete all my decks and create new decks and then play Marvel Snap some more. I can't have enough cards. I can't have enough builds. It's just not possible. Marvel Snap is my one of my favorite games of all time and definitely, without a doubt, my favorite phone game, my favorite mobile game of all time, Marvel Snap. It won Game of the Year for phone games, so I'm not crazy. Uh, but I feel crazy for loving a phone game so much. So 2022, Marvel Snap in at my number two slot. I also play a lot of Marvel Snap, and that's why I honorable mentioned it. Uh, you're not crazy. It's really good. Um, I guess number one. So my number one, surprising to no one, it's a game that was pretty much 
Number one. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. My number one game, surprising no one, is the game that I'm pretty sure I wished into existence. Uh, Midnight Suns. Uh, I'm a huge tactics guy. I love tactics games. XCOM 2 was one of my favorite games of all time. And then the creators of that game decided to get a Marvel license and use specifically the obscure occult characters to do magic stuff to make a card game. All of these things are things that Jahan would put on a wish list for a game. I swear, I wish for this game to be Yeah, it's like you rubbed a magic genie lamp that was a Mountain Dew that they found in, like, a nerd's lair. Every second that I spend playing this game, I'm like, I did this with, like, my heart. I believed hard enough, and now I get to play this game. It's it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, Midnight Suns. It's not... I understand this is not for everybody, definitely. It just checks every single one of my boxes, that's Period. the weirdest thing when I talk about it is I can't recommend it to anyone except for Jahan, and he's already got it. I already got That's it. That's all I can tell people. I told like, you I to just, get it, yeah. I just don't know if you're going to like it. Only Jahan should like it. Like, it's just, it's, I don't know what to say. If it's you're, great. If you're into tactics so games, great. this is a top-tier tactics game. If you love Marvel, I'd say maybe give it a shot. Uh, but you really got to enjoy it. If you don't like turn-based tactics games, I mean, this actually could turn you to it. It is that good, but I, I mean, that's me. I, I don't yeah. mind turn-based techniques games, but I find it hard to get into them. Like I played the prologue or the first few levels and that are easier. And I'm like, Oh, this is fun. And then as it gets harder and you have to use more strategy, I'm like, I don't want to use my brain. <laughs> um, I, Midnight Suns hasn't been that for me. I really enjoy it. I don't love turn-based games, but I do love I do. card games, which are sort of in, you know, turn-based by definition. I go, you go, I go, you go. But they're different. I, I'm not a big fan of the original Final Fantasy series or how those kind of play and how those work out. Um, but I am a big fan of this format for Midnight Suns. Yeah. Uh, it's Han, what what difficulty do you play Midnight Suns on? I play it on normal. Okay, I wasn't sure because I know you're such a tactic, tactics guy. I didn't yeah. know if you played on harder difficulties. Or I'm anything. going to be playing this game for such a long time. I'm going to beat it and then I'll play it on hard. I will beat this game True. True. My number My number one game of the year is... Uh, God of War Ragnarok. Okay. Is, yeah. I um, absolutely loved it. It's between God of War Ragnarok and then Into Midnight Suns is is big reason why I haven't watched nearly as many movies in the past month or so as I normally would because I've been putting a lot of free time into these games. Uh, but God of War Ragnarok, just, man, I've, I've said this before. God of War, the 2018 one, was probably my favorite game of the entire last console generation between the, the PS4 and Xbox One. Um, I loved that game so much, so to have a sequel now, I'm loving it, and it's it's just as good, if not better. They've expanded upon everything. I loved it. I platinumed it on PlayStation 5. And yeah, give me give me more of these. It's it's early in this console generation, the PS5 and and Series X 
a generation. You still can't even get PS5s easily. And uh, it, I already feel like this one's going to be hard to top for me in this generation as far as just single-player story experiences with great gameplay. And yeah, really loved God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I'm happy that they're releasing those things on Steam now. Uh, I just picked up uh, the first Horizon game on Steam. Uh, and I'll probably pick up that the, the first God of War uh, in this sequence or whatever, the, the 2018 one, uh, soon. I highly recommend it. I gave it my highest recommendation. Hell yeah. I had the absolute joy of playing, like, R-rated shooters when I was growing up. We had Duke Nukem, where he had, you know, was foul-mouthed and could fly around, and you went to the titty bar, and you killed all the aliens, and you saved everybody, and... And then a few years later, I had Conker's Bad Fur Day, where you have this hilarious, cute character that no one ever gave a shit about, and Rare sort of gives everyone the middle finger and makes this adult-centric adventure game that was just side-splittingly hilarious while also being fun and challenging and having a totally knockout multiplayer mode. Uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day was just a hit, and I don't know if they knew what they had done at the time. But I feel like fast forward all these years and there really hasn't been another Conker's Bad Fur Day. And there's been a couple of Duke Nukems, but they just fall flat and they're, they're not what they used to be. There's nothing that really fits this niche of these sort of games for adults or games for angsty teenagers that are just full of comedy and brutality. And High on Life is my number one. It is from Squanch Studios. It's a Justin Roiland game. It's got his voice all over it. If for some reason you like can't tolerate Justin Roiland's voice, then you're not going to like this game. If you do like it, then you'll love this game. Uh, he does all the commercials, a ton of the background characters. Justin Roiland voices the guns. It's just sort of uh, a highlights of if Rick and Morty were a shooter and you were Morty. Um, you're a 15-year-old kid they throw a bounty hunter's gun into your hand and say good luck. It's just side-splitting funny at every turn with these characters that you, you just want to see more of these, these all these one-shot characters. Uh, there's an ex-alien mercenary living on your couch who has three eyes, and one of his eye stalks is, like, busted and falling over, and his eyes all black and nasty. Uh, but the other two work just fine. He's got no legs, so he's just chilling <laughs> yeah, on your couch. Just kill, chill it on your couch with no legs, making a wreck of your house. Uh, every time you come back to your house between missions, you notice the scene has changed a little bit. Like, he'll knock over all your furniture so he could make room for his alien tech, or there's alien crap all over the fireplace. Literal crap, just poop. Shovels full of alien poop. Uh, he always argues with your sister and calls her your mom, which is a funny ongoing thing. You kind of have to get in between their arguments in between missions and make decisions based on who's right and who's wrong. Uh, the house ends up having parking tickets on it because you just teleported into the middle of this alien city, <laughs> which feels alive and colorful and just so rich and vibrant. The game is such a hit. There, the the music slaps. The characters are funny. Uh, it looks great. The puzzles are engaging. Um, there are these events that you can teleport in that are one-time events. And there's one called Cutie Town. And it made me just ruffle. You guys know it when you see it. I don't want to spoil it because the game is so new. Uh, but my brother even texted me and was like, bro, 
have you been to Cutie Town yet? And I just started laughing. I laughed my ass off. Um, when I teleported in Cutie Town the first time, it was funny. And then I teleported in later and just handed Annie the controller and was like, here, check out this game. Check out Cutie Town. Uh, and she was rolling laughing. It's just, the, the game can't stop being funny. It has terrible B-movies in it. Whenever you unlock the movie theater, I got a diamond achievement called Can You Believe We Paid For The Rights For All These? Uh, it's just that the game, it knows exactly what it is, and I'm the target demographic. If you're 14 to 30 uh, and you're an idiot, you'll love this game. Um, High on Life is my number one game of 2022. Single player. So weird coming from me that it's a single player adventure game with no multiplayer in sight. Uh, but I think Squanch Games can do great things. Uh, I think this is just like you don't watch too much Taika. <laughs> I think you can get too much Justin Roiland, and maybe he should pull back a little bit on his next project. I think he's very funny, but um, the market's had a lot of him. He's been a pretty oversaturated. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it might have made my list, too, uh, if I had had more time with it. Uh, I just haven't. It j it's brand new. Uh I also recommend that game. Check it out. It's free on Game Pass. Check it out. Uh, but damn. So those are our top movie shows and games for this year. Uh, it was overall a good year for just media in general. Uh, lots of good stuff. I had a lot of fun with all the things I watched and played. Uh, very high on the end of the year with games for sure. And I'm definitely excited for next year. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on the horizon that I'm excited so I was, for. I was legitimately surprised to, to see, and, and they didn't hit for me, and I guess they didn't hit for you guys, but no no hits from Disney Plus this year. Yeah. Where last year, I think we were really high on Mandalorian. Um, mm -hmm. This year, we're not so high on, what is it, Book of Boba? Did that come out early this year? It started and, around Christmas time last year, so I think the majority of it aired this and year. Then yeah, there was Obi Wan, and then there was Andor, and you know those I thought. Oh were... man, Andor! I should have mentioned that. I actually really did like Andor. But that's uh, you know, I just wanted to mention that Disney Disney did not dominate our lists this year, but in the past they have with things like WandaVision and Hawkeye and stuff like that. Yeah, we just had a really strong year with the the first year of MCU shows between, like you said, WandaVision, Loki, Hawkeye, even Falcon Winter Soldier, I think, was probably stronger than the Disney Plus shows this year. I, I mean, Moon Knight had mixed feelings on. Miss um, Marvel, I thought, was okay. She-Hulk, to me, was probably the best of the, the Disney Plus I really Marvel like shows this year. Um, really liked She-Hulk, really liked Andor, didn't really like... Uh... Obi-Wan very much. Um, I was higher on Obi-Wan than both of you, but it's you know not enough for it to make my list here. Yeah. He was higher on Obi-Wan than Andor. And then sure. I've also been watching Willow, but it's still ongoing, and I've actually oh, liked it man. so far. I tried to watch two episodes, and that show is just bad. It is written so badly. <laughs> it's like a 15-year-old group of drama students wrote that show. <laughs> Oh I, man, it is not on my list, but it I I, I like it so far. I, I'm willing to see where it goes. It's a fantasy show, but they all use like modern speech, and it's really unsettling in a bad, bad way. Huh. Uh, I have not. All right, it that's it. No now that I'm done crapping on Willow, I don't think I have anything else to say. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, 
but yeah, so I mean, that was our year. I uh, look forward to 2023. Please keep watching and keep seeing what we get up to and what we talk about. Uh, hit us up on Twitter with anything that you think. Uh, I'm going to try and put our lists. Uh, I'm going to try and make a graphic again and put some stuff up for people to look at. Um, but yeah, I've been Jahananan, and this has been 2023? 2022 for me. Uh, I At Fact on Twitter. It's me, Casualty CDG, co-host of Fresh Out the Box and Fresh Out the Podcast. Uh, if you like tabletop role-playing games or you just want to hear what kind of stories Jahan and I tell, uh, come check us out Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays at twitch.tv backslash Jahananon or type into your Google machine Fresh Out the Box TTRPG and you'll find us in no time lickety-split. Uh, you can find me at Casualty CDG on all the social medias. I'll be there doing my thing um thanks for your support and we'll see you in 23 2023 yeah i'm i'm drew munhausen at drew munhausen on twitter this has been episode 70 of fresh out the podcast thanks for listening uh happy new year and stay fresh